Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the HR Cartel Podcast. Like that intro? I don't know if I'm on the right podcast here. It's a long intro, but I like it. I love it. It gets me in the mood. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, once again, HR Cartel Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Dive. I've got a special guest this time around. It's the first guest of the podcast, Tanya Abbey. And I'll give you a bit of a rundown on Tanya. She's a bit of an impressive achiever and uh, a Gold Coast local, um, CEO and a recruitment expert and a mentor. Tanya's a CEO of Recruit Corp. And um, tell me, do, do you look after all the executive level? Mm, yeah, exec level um, and also recruitment projects. Good, yep. So exec level uh Expert, project expert, CEO of Recruit Corp, CEO and founder of the candidate and career consulting platform, placeme.com.au, which I'll ask you some questions about. Also a board member for All True. Is that right? Mm-hmm. All True. Yeah. Um, and that's a fairly recent Yeah, it is. It is. It's a really good initiative. We can talk about that, but essentially it's supporting homelessness in Australia. Good. And some uh, is an event coming up for that, right, too? Yeah, in September. Good. We'll talk about that, um, and also a volunteer, uh, volunteers' time and um, and services as a mentor for uh, for Australian business owners. And is that a government initiative mm, that you're a part of? Yeah, so it's the mentoring for growth program through Queensland State Government, and also do career mentoring for Headspace out of Melbourne. So supporting youth getting into work. Busy. Busy. Very busy, and uh, also um, you know, oh. Declare, we're friends. We've been friends for some time. We've known you for, for quite a while. And you're a bit of a mentor to me too in, in certain oh, scenarios. Same. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's, it's an honour to have you to join us. And I'm sure anyone who listens, anyone that I work with who's listening will, will take away some pretty important messages from today. Um, I think it's always good to talk to recruiters because for, for my view, um, Recruiters are on the front line of, of the market mm-hmm. influencers and just mm-hmm. hiring decisions and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so much in the news now um, about um, social justice kind of influences that are affecting hiring. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about things like flexibility and working from home and, and having all the, all the perks of that, gender-based hiring, quotas, mm-hmm. all those types of things and more. We can probably go on about it. But mm-hmm. someone in your position and your team's position on the front line will hear daily the employer's side and the candidate side of that. So I think you've got some good insights you, you, you can probably share. Do you see much um, commentary about those types of things when you're trying to recruit? Well, look, and I guess for context for the guys um, watching, Tim um, started same time in recruitment as me, like 14, oh no, 16 years ago? 17, I 17, think. Yeah, yeah. So he was at Hayes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and I was at Select, which went to VDR and Randstad. So we... Um, I feel like we met maybe at Fridays in Brizzy on a Friday night. It, it's absolutely plausible, possible. I would have stolen um, one of your clients. You would have stolen my candidates. That's <laughs> the way it works. And um, look, I think it, looking at that, and even though you're you sit in HR from a recruitment perspective, it hasn't really changed in terms of what clients want or candidates, right? Um, I think now it's just a little bit more complex with 
how do we hire effectively and what does that look like? And the, the problems are the same. I think the only thing that's changed is the work from home. Right, yep. Now we saw in Melbourne, um, because we, I'm like you, we're nationals, we saw in Melbourne um, obviously a lot of people feeling a bit disillusioned with their roles. The last three years they um, job hub like job hopped to different um, companies for more money, but they were still working from home. There's this resistance now to come back into, I guess, the city too. Yeah. But what I guess, because you're right, we sit very much in between candidates and clients and I guess what clients want is people back in the office. Um, and how do we kind of get them back into the office? We need to build a culture that supports that. But then candidates have been out of the office for so long it's almost like this fear mm. to go back. Um, so the work from home thing is tricky. I kind of maintain working from home is a privilege, not a right. If you're starting a new role, how do you onboard effectively? Are you supported? Then at six months when you have your performance review, have you done everything? Mm-hmm. And from the manager side, have they done everything too? Because if the manager's working from home and you're in the office, you're not setting them up for success either. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a um, that's a good point to raise actually because I've seen you know I've got clients that are uh, a bit of a mix of of all uh, makeups and, and mm, conditions industry, and yeah. the 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 higher um, the, the 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 higher the level of person who works from home, the more detached they are from from what's actually really happening in the workplace and they're they're the critical decision makers and they're the ones that can that can drive culture and do lead and drive culture they're supposed to. Um, do, do you see a variance in companies and their workplaces ability to be able to do that because of those different working arrangements are in place or do you think it's just a bit of a blow up that working from home it really does change things or doesn't change things as they say well i think if you the way that people work is through progression right and it's also effort but you would know more so for you it's how supported are your new team members are they onboarded correctly mm-hmm. so if we have managers that set the tone that, you know, it's okay to work from home oh, and all those reels and stuff about people using robots to move your mouse or whatever, you're not going to progress. Mm. Yeah. So how do you get career progression? Like I say to people, if you want to get promoted, be in the office, be early or be impactful um, because they're the things that stand out. So <clears throat> it's kind of hard, I think, to comment on what what is better, but I always maintain that if you're a manager and you're present for your team, and you're communicating where appropriate. Um, and if you're a staff member that actually wants to grow, you need to be there. Yeah. As well. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm bored with you on that. I don't I don't really sit on the fence with this one. I think um, you know I've I've got I'm, I'm opinionated, and and I you know I'm flexible at the same time though. But my view on that is you know uh, if if I myself personally work from home. Um, I'm not anywhere near as productive as I am leaving the house and, and going to, to a workplace. And been, having the ability to shut down a computer and walk away from it for the day is also mentally um, better mm. for me as well, personally. But everyone's different. Everyone's different. Um, I, I, I don't. I'm, I, when, I, when I say I don't stand on the fence, I wouldn't necessarily say that I think it's all or nothing. Um, but you know, a, a, a hybrid mix of working from home and being in the office is, all, is, is kind of where we're going to go and end oh, up, I think. And but, you have to prove yourself too. Yeah. You know, like like I have clients that kind of say, you know, how do we move to that work from home? If someone wants to work from home, <clears throat> come to me with your plan on how you're going to work from home. Mm-hmm. Like you're putting it to me that you want to work from home. What's your plan? When are you going to check in? How are you yeah. going to manage yourself? 
How are you going to deliver your work? What resources do you need? What are your check-ins? And, hey, if it doesn't work for a period of time, then we're going to have to bring you back in. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, if I if I go back, when I think about this thing, I go, where did all this start? And I could be wrong on this, so hear me mm. out. Hear me <clears> out. This is my opinion. Um, one, of those, one of those heavy opinions I've got. But I remember being back, let's go, let's go back 15 years, 16 years, and I'm in... I'm in the CBD in Brisbane and people are disappearing for, you know, chunks of time to get a coffee or something like that mm. um, and, and and sort of food breaks and stuff like that. And I remember distinctly just seeing what would happen was uh, leaders would go, well, we're, we're, we're losing many hours of our mm. workforce and our productivity in a day because we've got a really good cafe down the bottom floor. Mm. Okay, let's put a coffee machine in the, in the, in the kitchen so no one has to go downstairs. They can just go... 20 mm-hmm. metres and back, and that gets your time back. And then it went to free fruit, free food. And then it went to some some joyous mm. times, you know. and, and Ping the, pong the, tables. Yeah, ping, all that sort of shit. And, yeah. And that was all good, right? But the, the motivation, I remember clearly the motivation for that was to stop bleeding productive hours, mm. give people reasons to stay in the workplace. Um, and it's shifted from there all the way through to expectations. There's a real expectation, I think, and an entitlement that mm. the workforce currently has and it's not their fault. It's just circumstance, I think, because it really only takes about six months for something to be embedded. Oh, even earlier. Like, and and I think to, um, so this to a client the other day, <clears throat> those, those coffee breaks and stuff are important. For example, mm. just say you were um, a HR manager working in a company and you onboarded me as the HR officer. Now, those water cooler chats where I'm like, hey, Tim, actually, while I've got you, always standing in the lift, Mm. what do you think about this, this, this? That is, I'm going to get that information faster. But if I was working from home and I'm sending you a Teams or I'm sending you an email and I have all these questions because I can't see you or I don't want to see you because I'm sitting at home, Mm. your perception as a manager will be like, <clears throat> is she understanding her role or it's too hard? Like I can't be, you know, having this, these back and forth conversations constantly about her work, whereas it would just be a normal chat in the office. Mm. So that's the other thing. And we look, we look at productivity. There's, all, I don't know, the ratios on it, but you should be working, I think, effectively for 25 to 40 minutes and then having a break mm-hmm. to review your work or mm-hmm. go out. I say to my guys, <clears throat> go for a walk. Like, you know, you're sitting at your desk. It's not good for you. Not that I can talk because I'm always at my desk. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's not good for you guys to sit there. Just rest your eyes. Go get out. Yeah. So with with that environment, if I'm more inclined to just be relaxed about those coffee chats, the kitchen chats, but the work that they do is effective in that chunk of time, that's fine. Yeah. It's not healthy to work from home. Like I think people like it because they can sit in there like, I don't know, I was going to say underwear, but probably. Um, <laughs> Happened to be busted on Zoom doing that, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, and all their gym gear. But some people don't think about people that are at risk at home, mm. right? So if you're at risk in an abusive relationship, who would you be more inclined to feel safe to tell that to? Someone at work because you're close with them. You'd create those bonds. But if you're at home, mm. I don't think that, you know, or what if people... I don't know, feel isolated. Like I'm really big on connection, as you know. Like you need to have really good friendships, a good circle. And part of the reason why you love your job and you're retained is because you're around good people. But if you're not there to build a culture, like it's such a bad 
you know, circle at the moment. Yeah, it's it's you've got to. It's not just about being hybrid. You know, having best of both worlds, but it's about how do you make that work? Because the the more the more that you infuse an individual's uh, preferences into the way a business operates, the less control the business has to make decisions, to to make those decisions work, to effectively manage, to produce output, all these, all these sort of things. So it's it's a it's a really fine balance, and um, yeah, you know, people's preference and personal situations uh, are, should be given the ability to have individual um, outcomes for them. You know, so mm. the, these these rule, you know, we're, we're, this is not a political podcast, but let me make this little little comment here while we're on this. The, the IR reforms and, and, and the government reforms are about workplaces and how workplaces are managed and the flexibilities and, and what rights mm. people have. Um, it, it, it seems to me that um, especially the last 12 months, there's we're overstepping from the government's perspective. The government's overstepping in re- removing people's right to choose what best fits them. Mm. Um, and they're forcing employers to bear the cost to have less control because they think the workforce wants and needs that. But that's just that's just incorrect. You know, people want to have the right to choose how they live their lives, how they how they operate, and not be told by a business or a government how they they are required to work and that sort of thing. But the more the more controls you put on that, the less control you give to a business to be successful, and the less choice you give to people as well. So there's there's two sides to that coin, I think. And businesses should not be held ransom either to mm. let me work from home or I'm out. Yeah. Or <clears throat> I went to a recruitment agency purposely to get an offer, can't offer me otherwise I'm out. Mm. It, my advice to that is they're not aligned with your business yeah. if they're going to be doing that stuff. And, look, I think, look, everyone loves a Monday if you're in sales, it's usually your admin or your catch-up Friday's planning. That working from home or being able to work a half day or whatever that goes by one, how you're delivering your work, two, how your manager's delivering work to you too and your output. Like you can't just roll into a new job and then just expect kind of work from home. Some of my clients do a half day on a Friday, work from home or, you know, you can do 40 hours in the week however you do that. I like that. Mm. That's good. Yep. Um, some companies might do, hey, do a work from home on Monday, but also it's what works for you. Like one of my clients does 26 days a year work from home mm-hmm. and you can choose that as well. But, you know, I've got this book. Um, one book is client, you know, stories. Like, you know, what do you look for in a person? What's more important, skill or culture fit or attitude? It's always attitude. Um, and then I've got the candidate one, like what do you look for in a job? Is it money? Is it management? And it's always management. Like you don't work, you know, you work for people, Yeah. you know, and, and that's the thing. So how do we build a culture online? You can't. How do we make, how do we mix those two to get that great attitude into a team to make your business successful? But then how do you also become a good manager so that you retain staff? Hmm. But you have to be around each other. That's the answer. You, you absolutely do. Yeah. 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 And it's a good point you, you raise there because how do you develop leadership if you're not leading anyone? And and you know you've got no ability to. Well, how do you set the standard too? Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, standards are set by but you know, behaviourally, what well, you see. And I say to the my guys, I'm not the standard or the expectation because I work all the time. Like I'm mm. like you from the morning to night. But also, this is like you know what we love doing. You live for it. Yeah, it's you're, you're passionate. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to say, hey, why weren't you at, in at seven? Because I 
was and why didn't you leave at 7.30 when I did? Mm. But when you're here, do really good work, you know, and then communicate if you're not. uh, This communication thing, like people, managers are scared to give feedback. It's a risk thing. Yeah. But people want feedback. There's there's a lot of broken trust, Mm. I think. There certainly is, yeah. I I come up with this a a fair bit. Um, Managers are gun shy, I think, to lose lose good people and that they end up suffering bad ones because of it. So, yeah, that's a dilemma. You know, in, in um, whenever I work, and it's rare these days, but whenever I work in recruitment, if I'm giving re- mm. advice on selection and, mm. and that sort of stuff, it's usually when, when I'm doing organisation design, job mm, design, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, what, one of the big things I see hiring managers miss and they don't quite understand us, and it's, again, it's not their fault because not many businesses even consider what type of organisation they have, what type of organisation structure they have, the environment. So you've got a whole range of different structures that, op- that operate and function in very different ways depending on the size of business you are, what you're trying to put out, um, whatever your growth plans are and different types of people fit within those different types of structures better than others. And um, that's one big thing I see hiring managers really miss when they're making a selection decision. Do you see mistakes like that made by decision makers at all or quite yeah. often? I think like particularly small business, what is it, 98% of Australian business is small business. You, it's that e-myth thing you and I talk about. Like you, you're the technician, you don't want to work there anymore, so you start your own company and then, you know, you're cruising and then you ended up working in your business or on your business. Mm-hmm. You hire someone, they can't do it as good as you, you don't set them up properly, there's no processes, you've got no interview forms, whatever it may be. And then there is that need to protect this baby that you have literally, you know, sweated over and thought about at night and not slept over. So the when you're hiring, it, sometimes look, and I'm not plugging recruiters, but we can come in impassively and go, this is actually what you need. Mm. So I think the mistakes, one, hiring managers make the mistake of being very biased, like what will suit their culture? Can I hire this person without them trying to, you know, take my job in three years? Like all these things. Owners hire also based on people that they, you know, they like and they'll get along with, like you would have seen it, you know, mm. they're so good, we've got a great personality um, match, you know, we're going to be mates down the track, like all this stuff. You need to think about it commercially. And the hiring manager should go, if I hire this person, do they have the foundational skill set to deliver the job and do they have the capacity to learn and can I train them or develop them and help them on their journey to get where they need to go. Mm. That's the approach that they should take. Yeah. Not um, being afraid that, you know, they were returned to work, mom, oh, gosh, what if, like, the kids are sick? Like, that's mm. absolutely ridiculous. You have people that are coming in sick that don't even have kids yeah. or they're tired. Like, we have kids. Mm. I've never used an excuse of being tired because of my kids, yeah. you know. So there's a yeah, lot of right. bias hiring, I think. Oh, there is. There certainly is. Yeah, there's um, it, it, there's a lot of judgment, and um, uh, it, it's just inherent in being human, I think. And um, yeah, you're right because you've got that those bias and those judgments that people make. Um, it, it is funny because you, you look at your workforce; everyone gets sick, and mm. it's it's not. Um, there's there's nothing that will tell you that one person over another is, is more likely to get sick because they've got kids or they don't or whatever that is. So um, there's a lot of bullshit that goes on. 
And it's also why you're getting sick. <clears throat> if you're working from home, are you sitting at home, not going out into the sun, like not looking after yourself? Mm. You know. Yeah, yeah. Are you out? Are you out in the in the beat in the valley on a on a Sunday night? Oh yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it family on Sundays? Uh, I can't remember now. I'm too old. I'm too old. I can't remember. Um, yeah. So look, let's touch on something else then. Um, something um, which. Was, this is something that pushed me away from recruitment. It, it turned me off recruitment a little mm. bit back in the day. And this is when I was working at it. And I'll put, I'll put them in the shit. I've mentioned them a couple of times, BHP Builder. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. Good people there, some bad people there. But uh, overall, good experience for me working in that business. It was, it was great, great, fundamentally a great business. Um, loved being on site. Loved coming up against unions and having to deal with all that. But when I worked in recruitment there, I was part of a large recruitment team. And... Mm. Um, towards the end of my time there, I actually left there to go to a company called Santos, which is in the oil and gas sector. And um, and I worked with with XBHP people there, and, and and that was a good a good crew. And one of the biggest differences was BHP's push um, to to lift gender based hiring. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, in mining, it's difficult in that industry. It's difficult to do that. And so, what the, the instructions being given. By by management of that business back then was that, um, and this is this is absolute truth. Every every shortlist that you give to an internal hiring manager has mm. to be eighty percent female shortlist, mm. and you don't even get eighty percent female mm. applicants in in the mining sector. So it's really difficult. So what what ended up happening was that they they kind of flipped the script a little bit and wherever they could place female employees, they placed female employees oh, and they yeah. placed males where they could place males and they they tried to get the numbers better that way. So it was all all optics. But what that caused was segregation more so than not. Oh, yeah, she only got the job because she's female. Well, yeah, well, the, 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 there's probably certainly an element of that in, in some of that thinking, but um, it, it just made one workplace more female and one workplace more male, which is the opposite effect of what quotas mm. were supposed to do. And I, I'm not for or against quotas. I, you know, I, I don't. I don't like talking or hearing about them. But from a from a recruitment perspective and a female perspective, and you know, you've, you, you're a quite a successful um, business owner. That's leave gender out of it. You're, mm. you're, you're you're quite successful even in 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 a world of of not identifying genders. But from your perspective, do you do you think that's valuable? Do you do you um do you push that? Do you live by that, or do you do you not really pay much attention to gender in hiring? Or no, I'm fortunate to work with awesome clients. Like, can you work with some of our clients too? Um, and all of them maintain the best person for the job, genuinely. Mm. Um, and you know, you know me really well. Um, yes, I'm female, mum, you know, etc. Um, mixed race, first generation. I hit all the minority things right. All the boxes are ticked. All yeah. the boxes. Um, yep. But I guess my approach is who is the best person for this role? And also when I'm looking at building a culture in a client team, you know, IT is very male heavy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of go, oh, you know, I was walking through the office, lots of guys here, like with your next hire, would you consider hiring a female? Um, just to break the balance up and make the culture a bit more diverse because diversity is not necessarily religion as well. It's, obvious, you know, it's everything. Um, so... I think with specific roles like um, if we're recruiting for the healthcare space and they're working with females, yes, obviously mm. female. Um, you know, if you're working for mining sites and, and things like that, you have to pass fitness tests um, too. So, you know, 
I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm stronger than you, right? Mm. It's also a health and safety thing too. If you and Pete and, you know, Corey were on one mine site and me and Kel and Christy were on another and something fell on a guy, like one of those massive wheels, who is better to lift that, mm. you know? Yeah, it's an interesting point you make because I think, I think I'm a bit spoiled in sometimes coming from that sector because you're hitting on something really, really important that not a lot of people in Australia or anywhere get to experience because not, not many people work in the mining industry, you know, mm. but you've got real world life and death situations yeah. based on who's in that seat. Exactly. And, you know, uh, you know we've got weight limits, for example. Mm. Now, you're working in remote desert conditions. I've, I've been in the harshest environments that the country has to, has to throw at you and to rescue somebody who's fallen down, injured themselves, had a heart attack, whatever it is, mm. if they're more than 130 kilos, <clears throat> good fucking luck. And also that whole adrenaline thing, I think that only applies to mums, you know what I mean? You know yeah. that, that. And the other thing I said to a client the other day who's also in mining and um, I said to him, you have, you have to be careful putting the congratulations, Tanya Abbey, for getting this role. Um, you know, she's going to be part of the, you know, one of the first females in the leadership team. If you and I were both up for that role, and you were told, look, you know, there was a better candidate. And then you looked through the PR splash on LinkedIn and looked at my profile and went, actually, no, she has six years' experience less than me. She only got it. But like, they're exposing themselves too. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, and, and, you know, going back to the example I gave you, the, with the BHP building example, um, look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sharing information that's confidential here and I, and I never would. Everyone um, does it in every company. Well, it's the, not. The, they've, they've made public statements about yeah. their gender push and that sort of stuff. So this is no news to, if, uh, if, you're in, if you're around that business or mm. you know them. But, um, you know, the, the, the fact that they um, will post, uh, you know, the mum in the high-vis holding right. the baby. And, yeah. and they'll name it, the mum, the female, the this, yeah. the that. That take that cheapens that person's appointment. Well, it it's irrelevant, you it know. Irrelevant, like I yeah. don't I don't hide the fact that I have kids if I'm asked. But also, you know, I was reading this book. Um, it was Cheryl Sandberg, the COO. Lean in. in yeah, lean in. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't want to read it for such a long time because I had this perception of what it was, and she, and it was actually really great. She was like, "We have actually done ourselves a disservice by going too hard because." Now, if you were going to mentor someone and I worked for you and then there was a male counterpart, because of things, you know, that have happened in the past, you're going to be more comfortable maybe mentoring the guy, us being alone in a room together. Um, You know, maybe I'd be like, oh, Tim was inappropriate, whatever it may be. So now we have, we're in a position where we're probably not getting as mentored as much. So Mm. we're going to go backwards again. Yeah, it was a good book. I read that a mm, um, yeah. long time ago now, so I can't remember everything about it. But what I do remember of it was that she wasn't really making excuses. She was just no, she, she was, was just saying, you know what, the message was in the title, lean into it. You know? Yeah, lean in, if you if you're serious about your career, you want to be professional, then lean into it and and compete. Um, and I think too, you know, and I, I deal with a lot of a, a mix of clients, right? But I think the important thing as well is. My clients work with me, male or female, because they know that I don't have bias, you mm, know. Yeah. And they know they can talk to me confidentially, openly, whatever, and I'm not going to judge them mm. too. So, and I'm kind of that safe space for them to talk to. But as a female leader, you know, maybe like the the PR push and, and you know, like I'm a mom and I'm brave or whatever, um, yes, you know, that, that can be applicable but the people that know me, the work that I do, that's what I, you know, that's what I look at, you know, the impact that we make. 
Um, and I've, I kind of find it offensive. Like I've, I've sat in some um, speaking events and things like that where the women have just really kind of talked shit about guys. Mm. And, and, you know, you're like one of my mentors too. I wouldn't be, I need to be supported in this role from males and females. Mm-hmm. And and we want to be the change, like people like me, to go, hey, Tim, you know, not all female leaders or, or whatever, uh, you know, painted in, in that light. We're not all that way. We're just normal people that are just trying to do good work. Yeah. So it's, and, you know, I felt bad for guys because they, they try to find this balance and they're trying to breathe. Like a client rang me the other day. He's like, can I say this? And I'm like, you should just be able to say it. Mm, yeah. And go. Very gun shy leadership. That's what that's what's happening. Yeah. And and now, you know, females are coming up into the workplace. They're not going to get the tools they need. Mm. It does absolutely get in the way, you know, from, from um, you know, I consult to businesses and leaders on HR and mm. they, they're they trying to have hard conversations all the time. It. You're right. It, it it gets in the way of them having honest conversations, and that mm. thinking back to my my time being, you know, especially let's go back to Hayes. You mentioned Hayes. Um, that's when I first entered the the world of HR via recruitment, and I was fresh off a construction site. Never touched a computer. Get this. I'll give, I'll give you a little little story. You'll find this funny. Um, first day, um, I'm in there. They're like. Um, I'm going to forget what we were talking about, by the way, too, but this is a funny story anyway. First day in Hayes, I'm fresh off the construction site. Here's a computer. Sit down there. Do your, do your uh, mm, email signature. Old school. Yeah. yeah. Do your email signature. Mm. I'm like, what the, what's You're my like... email signature? Do I have <laughs> to sign something? You know, yeah. I didn't know. Anyway, I, I, I asked for some help after about an hour of trying to figure it out. <laughs> they sent me a template to use and I pasted it into my signature, right? Now, I'm like, how the hell do I sign off on an email? You know, your thanks or regard. Yeah. It. So, Peace. No. <laughs> So I saw some of, the, some of my new colleagues' emails, regards at the bottom. Mm. I'll, I'll write regards in there. But if you look at the laptop and the letter T is right next to the G. Oh, my God. And Oh, my God. And I've got these, I've got these sausage fingers from the construction <laughs> site and I had no idea. But I, wrote, I signed off for my emails and my signature <laughs> with the word retards. And I didn't know for two weeks. <laughs> I had no Why idea. did no one tell you? Oh, so I guess, you know what Hayes is like. It was funny. It was it was hilarious to them. They weren't that funny. It was yeah. it was seventeen years ago. So you, you can't use that oh word. Oh my now. god, I've never heard that story. That's great. <laughs> I've got plenty. I, I, I make everything. I'm the king of awkward. Um, oh, but uh, what was I talking about now? Yeah, we're talking about like we didn't have the things that we have now, right? So back when we first started, like I I was t- saying to the guys, I used to because I was a temp recruiter yep. for Govy, um, which was awesome, and I used to have a pager. <laughs> and everyone's like, what's a pager? <laughs> I'm like, the best thing ever that would, you know, your Sunday Sunday night at Norman B for people that are in Brizzy, you got your pager and then it beeps. It's like, Tan, I need a temp for, I used to recruit for, um, for X Brewery. Right, yeah. I need a temp. And I'm like, I'm probably going to have to go in. I've, t- I've gone in to temp appointments before. Um, and we used to sit there on a Friday, grab a glass of wine, get weight by the fax machine for all the timesheets to come in. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, those were the days. Yeah. I didn't, I, you know, you were, you basically wanted to work to make enough money to pay your rent so you could go out, you know, have groceries in there. So when your parents came and checked on you, they felt like, you know, you were actually looking after yourself. <laughs> And I don't feel affected by that time. Like yeah. my managers were quite harsh if I reflect back and really, but I, I don't, like it doesn't bother me because mm. I knew I knew what I needed to do. There was no ins and outs or, or 
innuendo around anything. Mm. You just accepted it. But now I feel like there's too much of a voice from the employee yeah, side. Yeah, you are right. You are right. And, and you've, you've sparked my memory of what we're talking about now because mm. what I was, what was going to get to was um, back in, if I think back to then, the conversations that were being held with me were telling me I'm not good enough. Mm. You know, you're, you know, you're three months in. You, you haven't done what, you, what you're supposed to have mm. done by now. And I remember the, you know, I, won't, I won't say his name. If you're out there listening, you know, you, you know who I'm talking about. But he put me in a room and he said, he said well, what do I have to do with you? Is it a stick or, or is it the carrot? And I joked and I said, oh, it's, it's the stick. Mm. Just keep hitting me. And, he, and he, his face dropped and he said, no, like, do, you, do better. You Just, know? Yeah, do better. And, and, and that's, that's the wake up I needed. And fast forward 17 years and the questions I'm getting asked by leaders is how do I, how do I tell them that they're not, um, you know, and, and they're, you they're, late, they're late all the time. How do I tell them? You, you tell them they're late. You tell them to stop being late. And, That's- and explain how that impacts. You know, if you're, if you're sick and you call in that morning, the people that you support, they have to scramble like that day, which then puts everyone back. This is your role is part of a team and this is how it impacts you know, if you're not here um, and also if you're you're sick or you're, you know, you, you have things going on, like if you're not well or you can't work or you've had a fight, with, I don't know, your partner or whatever, don't come in but be really open and, and be honest about it. But then, you know, and then you go sick and then you're popping up on Instagram like things that you actually have been doing or Facebook, yeah. like guys, come on. Big like problem. <laughs> and, you know, I've spoken to you about this. Like there, I agree with a lot of employee support. You would see it too. Owners and managers, we are burnt out. Mm-hmm. We are spending all this time trying to pl- uh, placate, you know, people and no one thinks. Like I was saying to um, Toby from Atkins, who I love, one of my favourite people, mm-hmm. and I was like, I think our people realise how much we think about them. Yeah. You know, the stress at night when you're like, oh, is that person okay? Like how should I train them? I really want to support them. <laughs> think about us that much. No, no. They're, they've got seek open on one side and, you know, their contract on the other. You know what I mean? Mm. And I, I don't think that that always happens, but it would happen more often. It does happen a lot, yeah. yeah. So as business owners, we're expected or managers expected to do everything, be supportive, not have too much of an opinion, um, you know, provide good feedback, but then we wear it yeah. all, you know. You do, you do. And I, I can attest to that too because, you know, even, even – um, from a, from a speaking from an HR perspective, because that's what I do, and um, from even supporting clients, mm. and I've got an employer. I'm an employer now. I've got an employee. Congratulations! And thanks for your help on that. <clears throat> um, but the um, yeah, the, the 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 fact is, every every day until my, my eyes are closed, and I'm asleep. I do I, I do have her in my mind. Mm. I'm like. Because she's a great operator, she's fast. She needs things to do. She needs um, education. She needs help and training and mentoring. I've still got to service a bunch of clients mm. that have got unions screaming at them and all sorts of things. Mm. And um, even even if there's any kind of dispute, and, and I'm trying to give advice, and I might have three or four disputes with, with clients going on at any, any time. Mm. Uh, that doesn't leave you. That sticks with you, you know. And so. <laughs> Every leader is the same. There's there's awkwardness that they're wearing all the time. They're always thinking about. There's um, plans and, and big picture stuff they're always thinking about, and they're trying to understand themselves and their people. And they need to do their their actual job as well. You yeah, know what I mean? You've got a like, job to do on top of that. Yeah, that's right. And it's and it's so I see it like particularly with the mentoring for growth stuff. Like people are burnt out, and you know in Australia you can't talk, you can't mention it 
when someone has committed suicide, mm-hmm. there are a lot of suicides of business owners mm-hmm. during COVID. Yep. And that is terrible. Like business owners that are burnt out, like parents that are owners that are burnt out. Mm. And it's just, I guess from us, you know, I was talking to a client the other day and he's like, Tan, I just want someone that will be like, yep, I'm here, whatever you need, being honest with what they need. You know, um, if a client walks in, they're professional. If you see a piece of paper or rubbish on the ground, pick it up, Mm. like contribute, you know. Yeah, it takes some pride. Yeah. And, you know, like she's awesome and my team, I'm so fortunate to have a team because I'm trying to find that balance, right, to be not too nurturing and, and, you know, deliver as well. But this is one of the best teams I've had. Mm. And it's from, but then we still, you know, there's still points of contention and stuff, but it does work being more open and honest. I can't help if there's internal, you know, clicks or whatever, but what I deliver to them is quite clear. My communication has changed. It's become more effective. Mm. But not everyone would think like us or they find it like these these guys in government, they get so stressed out the thought of doing all this work. Yeah. And they're like, what for as well, which is Mm. dangerous because... If small businesses are closing, there's no work for anyone. That's right. Yeah, that that, that is that, that's a really good thing to say there too, because that's that's kind of what drives me with what I do. Because I, I'm, you know, I'm I might say some political things, yeah, you know, here and there, but um, all in all, I, I'm not against unions. I'm not against governments. Nothing like that. I'm mm. for I'm for <laughs> employers. They're mostly smaller employers, um, and the pressure the pressure that happens at the top end of the of the workplace in the in the industrial relations landscape. Um, affects, you know, what two percent of mm. Australian businesses? Mm. Two and a half million others have to deal with all those decisions that get made and, and all the pressures that unions put on, and they break companies in half and they close down. Look at construction. You know, there, there's other influences happening in construction right now. But how many how many um, have gone into administration in the last year or so? Mm. What six thousand, seven thousand, mm. probably more. Um, and <clears throat> There's all, all these pressures that um, that business owners will have and um, yeah, you're right, you're right, they, that, they do wear it. And it's hard because particularly in small business, you want to spend time with your team, right? Mm. And then you go out with your team, have a few drinks, issues are created and you don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. You know, and I just think, I say to clients, just hire adults. We're all adults but I say to my managers, don't hire people that you can't trust mm-hmm. and your recruitment process and everything else needs to be succinct because there's no point hiring someone that you're standing over to like managers and and owners need to also step back and I that's something I struggle with because I can do it faster and everything Mm. else so it's hard to delegate but also I know that if I can I can grow them in their role it's not like you and I woke up one day and went hey we know how to manage it's an evolving thing yeah you know it's a pathway it's it's a good word you said there trust there's a tool Mm. that i use i'll be keen to get your thoughts on what you mean by that this is what i mean when i say the word trust but there's a tool that i use and i give it to um to my clients once Mm. once a year at least but sometimes depending Mm. on depending on what's happening a couple times a year and it's it's a two column score card Mm. one's reliability and one's trust yeah and all I want you to do is list the good list of all your employees, and there's a drop down of a score of one to five, and I just want to score for in each column. Oh, that's great. And tr- trust means that you can tell you can tell them to do something, um, or you can expect um, something, you know, not redlining mm. every day of the week, but you can you can set expectations, and you can walk away, and you feel like you're going to come back next week on Monday, and that got done. You yeah. can talk about the next thing. So that's 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 very simple fundamental trust, and that's 
you, you have to have that. If you don't have that, that's, they're your, your bottom 10% people. Mm. Get them up or get them out. Mm. How, how, what, are you, what were you referring to when you said trust before? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's also alignment, right? So if you're, can I walk away, can I be in this podcast today and trust that if one of my clients walks through the door, someone will greet them mm. and help them? If, um, you know, can I trust that if something falls off by the wayside that that can be sorted? Yes, you know, um, and it's also trust to go, you know, we're, we're, as business owners we're giving you a piece of ourselves to look after. Mm-hmm. Can I trust you, one, to deliver the work that we need you to do but also come back to us and talk to us if you can't. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, you know. Be transparent. Yeah, be really transparent. I think, I think that's it. We're trusting you with our brand, our life, the reason why we miss things with our kids, yeah. you know, like all of that. Like we trust them with that. So, and, you know, in turn, we will look after you, we'll develop you, we'll give you a job that will support your family and your life. Yeah. You know, so I just, but again, I don't know that, um, that EQ word, it's not, it is, but it's, I don't know that owners or managers are being, they're scared to be vulnerable. That would be vulnerable, you know. Yeah. But I don't really think it is. I think it's just being honest and, and explaining but not too much, mm. you know. Yeah, and I think, I think it's also an really important skill or attribute. Mm, attribute more so. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think all in people you want that you hire, I think in the first three months to six months at the most, you, you want to be confident you can say that they have got the ability to self assess and look back and, and assess themselves on how well they did something or um, how accurate they can pick up what they need to work on and, mm. and they can actually put their hand up and say it and ask for it. Um, <clears throat> If if you've got people who aren't doing that in their first six months, then probably a mishire, probably a bit of a bad hire. Yeah, like, I, you know, and I said to people, the opportunity is here. Like I've got all the skills and support and everything to give it to you, but the opportunity is here mm. if you want to take it. And, you know, and the people that do do that, they're the ones that stand out. Yeah. And they take direction as well. Like I'm I'm very open to, hey, what's your feedback on this, this, this? But recruiting, we've done that for such a long time. We have the method for success or what actually works as well. So it's kind of also trusting us to guide you yeah. too, you know. That's right. You mentioned Instagram before um, and I, I want um, to talk to you about that because, no, it, 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 you know, you've got um, – I, I love opening my, my feed sometimes <laughs> and there's a story from Tanya there ready to go and it's a, it's a hello, good morning, beautiful day. Yeah, it's a good yeah. message for me to get. <laughs> So I encourage anyone to go and to go on Queensland State of Origin. Don't talk Win. to me about that. Yeah. <laughs> don't talk to me about it. Just derail the whole podcast now. <laughs> no, um, you were saying how lovely my Instagram was, and yeah, people should follow me. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I've, I've got a few questions that I want to get to with that. So uh, first off, though, what, what is your Instagram handle? Um, just Tanya Abby. Tanya Abby. So mm. connect with Tanya Abby, uh, a career expert mm. and, and well worth the follow. Um, if only for the nice, lovely morning messages that you'll get sometimes. But um, social media. Yeah. There's, there's a few questions I want to ask you about that. Um, the last time I was in recruitment full-time, LinkedIn was starting to get legs. Mm. Mm. And we, we, we were getting excited that 11% of our roles were being filled by, by LinkedIn. I would have to imagine that's got to have flipped by now. It, it, how much activity or traction do you find in Finding candidates specifically from <clears throat> socials, just generally, not 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 one platform or another, but just generally um, socials. I probably get clients a lot from Insta because they do see 
um, my lovely messages. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably operate on LinkedIn because for me, if I'm sourcing through Insta or Facebook and I see something that's inappropriate, that's just going to cut down because we're about time and recruitment, right? This is one of the things I want to get I want to get to. Yeah, and LinkedIn is turning into Instagram. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about things that people are doing or or their <laughs> thoughts about life or whatever. But um a photo of their cat from the weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um uh, and I think LinkedIn's good because it's got the professional side, but heaps of people aren't on it anymore. Yeah. You know, so I don't necessarily use Insta, probably for clients, like to mm-hmm. try and get new clients on, but <clears throat> really like my Insta is more of a I'm a vessel for information around hiring and, and things like that and then mm-hmm. hilarious commentary on football games. You know? Yeah, yeah, let's skip over that one again. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll confess, being an HR guy, um, I've, I've developed this incredible skill to investigate and find out information. And Yeah, you're um, like a scorned woman I know. or man. I'm, I'm very, I'm very <laughs> good at finding out information. But um, I will always, if, if someone's going to be hired, I, I'm – I'm looking at socials. Mm. Um, I'm trying to make. I'm not going to make judgments too too harshly unless there's something there really worth paying attention to. But um, you know, is, is that still something that's that most businesses should be doing? Do you think? Is, is and my checking? clients, my clients do it anyway. Mm. Like, and it's it's, and I just say, look, if you are on social media, close like make it private. Yep. As well, um, because you have to think too. You represent the company's brand. Like if you're putting things up, like going out late at night or whatever, and look, hey, like we go to networking events and that happens, but it does create a sense of is this person align going to align as well or really political stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking proper political stuff too and, and comments because, guys, we can see everything. Like Tim, you know, recruiters find everything about everyone. Very good. You, you, mm-hmm. What we can remember is that we, we were back in the day, when I was, yeah, balls deep in, in recruitment, <laughs> you know, just just the just the simple fact of of you know when we used to use Seek, you had to you had to know how to do HTML coding. Remember oh yeah, HTML code. Yeah. We put white text in the background and 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 yeah. we loaded it up with keywords that was always at the top of the search <sighs> feed and all this sort of stuff. Days. We used Boolean searching yeah. um, uh, handles and and formulas and things. And th- let me tell you, we, we'll find something on the internet pretty quickly. And mm. so, um, so we, we do it, you know. Um, and I think too, like, <clears throat> no, and look, you can post whatever crazy things you want to post, but just make it private, right? It's, it's mine. Like you have to be mindful because I've had clients, not with my team now, but I've had clients follow previous staff members and they were like, look, I only want you to do my recruitment because mm. that's not someone that I want to touch to my brand. Yeah, And that's embarrassing from my side too because I don't I genuinely I don't go into people's socials at work for me unless I kind of see it pop up or I'm kind of mindlessly flicking through I don't really want to know yeah you know there's things that I don't especially you too like we don't want to know that stuff Mm. but if you're repping you know a company working for a company you represent them as well yeah that's right and Mm. everything can be found like back in the day we would and I probably still do it now, but like we would headhunt face to face. So if I was looking for an, I don't know, an admin person, I'd go into like, I don't know, office works, talk to one of the chicks. Do you know anyone? Like old mm. school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But now we just have a better searching. And the bullion strings that I use, they're long, mm-hmm. you know? It finds everything. I found a candidate once <clears throat> on RSVP. 
<laughs> got them the job. But oh, I did really? a full search okay, because I couldn't find them anywhere and it just came up because I was like in dating sites, whatever, and it came up. Yeah. Perfect. Good. So you're not, you can't hide. Yeah, not from tenure. No. Can't hide at all. You just mentioned headhunting there. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's, there's there's all different ways to recruit people these mm. days. And um, for me, the most efficient, effective way to get someone who's high value to your business is get, get someone who can headhunt. Mm. And um, the, I think for, for me the, the reason for that is that um, people who are well worth their money and um, efficient, effective, who can build something in your business and take it forward in a certain area, they're not – they're re- very rarely looking for a job, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I, I hate advertising on Seek. Even when I recently hired, I, I, I held off advertising mm. on Seek as long as I could. <clears throat> um, do, you, do you want to give your thoughts on, on the headhunting tactics and what and, and maybe – Tell us if you think it's the best way to go or not. Or. Yeah, I think it is. I think I think there's a few things, right? So have a really good database as well. Stay in touch with your candidates or candidate care. Even the ones that you didn't place um, or found another job, just stay in touch with them, network. You know, do you know anyone that's looking? Like I, I'm looking for accountants at the moment and I rang senior accountants. I said, hey, have you worked with someone previously that I can kind of tap on the shoulder? So I wasn't trying to get them. Mm. But strategically I was. So I was like, if you're also looking, let me know, right? Yeah. Um, headhunting's good because, and, you know, you're, you're tapping people on the shoulder that might be happy but it's also enticing them. But at the same time, and Pete's the same, he doesn't like CCADs, um, CCADs are good in the rare occasion that you just might hit them at a certain time. Mm. But where I kind of filter it is I, when I call them, I'm like, hey, you know, how many roles have you applied for? Because some people are like, 300. Um, and if they're like, oh, I've only applied for two or three, I really liked how the ad was written. Yeah. There's still a consideration. Um, headhunting, I think for me, people think it's sitting on and, and harassing people on LinkedIn. I think mine's quite mindful and measured and focused, but it also might be, you know, me calling you about a certain someone and going, hey, I met him the other day. What do you reckon? Yeah. Or you're connected with this guy. So, Mine's not as automatic. I like headhunting though. I think that's probably more of an approach that we do. But on the occasion, like, you know, we put up an ad. Um, we had a GM exec role that we're still going through the process for um, and we had 300 people apply. Wow. Mm. But from that, there were some awesome people, not suitable for the role, but they just, we were able to connect with them and, you know, help them in their business or help them on their journey too. So, And I, I think that's a good thing. But, uh, I don't mean to interrupt you no. there, but that's a, that's the key difference between an internal recruitment team mm. and an external one because mm. you're, you're… Opportunistic. Well, yeah, but you're… you're yeah. um, see, what, what will happen internally is they'll shut that job down. It's like next one, what's next, what's next, what's mm. next. But what you've then done, if you've got three roles with 300 applications… You've just met 900 people. Yeah. Internal people, they've just selected three and mm. discarded the rest. Um, that's what an internal team sort of, it's, that's how it works. Um, so. And they, and they don't have the time either or the freedom. Like we turn candidates into clients all the time. Like there's clients I'm talking to that I'm helping their wives and they're like, and it is intense. Like I, I, in terms of how I operate, it's probably a million miles, you know, a minute kind mm. of thing. But it, I love it too. But it's also going, don't just look at that candidate. Look at where they can be. Like a lot of recruiters go, 
I'm going to interview that person to see why they aren't suitable. Mm-hmm. But applying the same thing, like how can you grow that person? What can we utilize them for? Maybe not that client, maybe this one. Yeah. Or, hey, Tim, you know, you're growing. I had a HR person come through. You look like it's just, we've just done it for such a long time. It's natural. But I, I just, I don't know. I don't think it, people think about it like that. Yeah. I, I think what you're talking about is really high level networking. Yeah. Professional networking. And you, you yeah. know what I'm like. Yeah, you, you're, you're, you're awesome chat. at it. You're, you're awesome at it, yeah. I'm not. I'm terrible at it. Well, I, I often think I don't have much of a network, but then when I sit down and think, who do I know who does this, I, I find out I do. Yeah. Um, but I don't spend I don't spend a lot of time nurturing it. I'm a bit more of an introverted person, I think. But um, Well, particularly with, I guess, me and the team, you don't really need to. I just go, hey, this is everything about Tim and then you just do what you do and then mm. I kind of nurture it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's... And some people don't want to, yeah, but it is, it's networking. Like, and I love, I love recruitment, you know, and, and I'm curious about people's stories and I want to know, because it gives me intel. Like if someone, like you said before about the construction companies, I've interviewed a few places lately, um, people lately who are working for places that I want to recruit for. Mm. Of course, I'm going to ask them what it's like to work there. And then I can make a determination on whether I want to recruit for them too. Yeah, yeah. So it's all information gathering because Prior, and we're not that old, but prior to Insta and stuff, we had to find the information ourselves. Yeah, through the paper. Yeah, yeah, you had newspaper and your telephone. That's all you had. Yeah, yeah. and um, and Google, I think. And 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 we also and we also had about three thousand comp- competing recruitment consultants in Brisbane back then too. So that was a really, mm. it's a relationships was so important mm. because there wasn't no shortage of people trying to contact internal internal people to, to try and place candidates. So relationships and finding information out was everything. Mm, and and look, it still is now, but it's adopting reciprocal behaviour now. You know, and being transparent, like. Tim helps us all the time with the HR side. We refer clients to him. You know, I'm an advocate, I guess, for also small business. But would you rather work with a recruiter that's like, yep, you know, it's going to be 20% sweet, you know, and then after six months they try and pull them out and put them somewhere else, big as hate. Hmm. Or work with a recruiter that go, hey, you know, let's talk about the strategy, meet Tim, we can come. Like there's so much more value in that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's a good point to make. So that's that's also the way I approach things. And mm. I, I often spend, um, you know, when I meet new people who have a, who have a problem, I I can usually solve that problem within thirty to forty five minutes, mm. and I'm happy to do it. Mm. And there's no there's no billing, there's no charging, but it's it's yeah. value. It's it's up, upfront value because that's well that's, they'll remember that, right? Well, they will. But it, but it, it's also um, it, it's it's just it's just way better to show someone how you can help them um, without having your hand out mm. and without having to justify yourself and having to, you know, you, you just, just give what you can. 30 to 45 minutes is nothing. Mm. And, you know, you, you, you're accessing almost 20 years of, of, of experience and that sort of thing to solve a problem that you got in your hands in 30 minutes. That's a really good fucking transaction. Mm. Mm. Um, and it's a, it's a personal character-based transaction and that's everything. Mm. It's, it's it's far it's far more it's far more important to have that than just to have an invoice paid. Oh, uh, and, for and an hour's work. Everyone like recruiters, marketing, HR. I know heaps of people that just pay for the initial, like you know, pay me for your initial consult. Mm. Like how, as a from my side, I go well. <clears throat> how good are you that I need to pay you to find out how good you are? Mm. Like it's like recruiters. We only do contingent. So contingent means we can do all the work, and you only pay us unless you hire. 
yep. heaps of recruiters are doing retained. I want to get paid for a job well done, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. that's I find that lazy or complacent to get retained. Maybe for massive roles, yes, but then I haven't done retained for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of those things, isn't it, where you've got um, yeah, different philosophies, different mindsets, different attitudes, different methods, um, mm. and different clients work in different ways too. Mm. So it's about, I think you said it before, finding out if there are clients you want to work with as well because they have to suit the, the way you work and the way you believe in things. Yeah, it's not hard to like you know the network. All my clients are very similar to me because we've we've made it that way, right? Um, but then it's also fun. Mm. Yeah, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't want to put candidates into a shit company. Like it's just, I feel for them as well. Yeah, it's also a headache for you. you yeah, you're, you're gonna have to replace that role yeah. with your guarantees and all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, th- th- there was something in my mind just then that I really thought was was worthwhile to have a talk, a quick talk about. Um, ah, that's right. You've got a sales focused business, right? Yeah. It's it's a revenue, it's sales, it's yeah. all this sort of stuff. Um, can you give me your thoughts? High base salaries, reasonable commissions. Low base salaries, high commissions. The what, latter. <clears throat> and 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 why and 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 how do you push performance through that model that you that you would rather go with? Well, it's hard, right? Like it's it's hard to salespeople are emotional. Very, yeah. Like it's and you know we say it in recruitment, champagne and razor blades, and that could be every day, every hour. Um, and I had a client ask me the other day because we're trying to um, find a BDM for them and she's like, oh, what does the stats and everything look like? Like how do I? And it was the same question. Um, it's hard to find people that aren't transactional because I don't want that. Mm. Um, it's, But it's going, you need to look after these clients. This is your base. And then you get, you know, lucrative commissions. So it's based on your output but also you're supported in these ways. Mm. I think performance is hard, like, you know, it's it's looking at that, but recruitment, it's complex because we are dealing with so many emotions. Yeah. If we do a really basic sell me this pen or whatever, it's probably easier, you know, you have the capability, you have everything, you're selling a non-emotional product, just go out and do it mm. and then really cutting it down to that three to six months. Recruitment, it takes a little bit longer because you're understanding your clients, your understanding of the candidates and also how those two come together. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually really difficult to do. But I think in performance-wise, it's probably just keeping them accountable. Yeah. And I look for progress. Like you're very much like Pete where he's like three, six months, you know, you're out or, or he's like looking if you haven't had a good couple of months. But I go, what have they done in that time? Because mm-hmm. you know yourself, BD done three months ago will start coming through now. Yep. Yeah. Which is why probably when you first started, you you had that three months and it probably started ticking through after mm. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's is your performance plan structured? But you know, these BDMs like recruiters are like a 150K. I'm like, well, you're not getting comms. Yeah. Yeah. Because as a as a recruiter that's on a lower base, it's uncapped. You and and, and you want you want a you want a sales focused person to back mm. themselves, don't you? Yeah. Not to have a safety net, but it's not that type of role. I've seen plenty of clients that do the opposite. Oh, they, totally. They jack up. They jack up the the base salaries, and and um, uh, uh, this is another thing I don't sit, sit on the fence with. If you're directly responsible for a company's revenue and mm. the growth of that revenue, mm. um, then you should be um, have some skin in the game by way of um, sacrifice your base salary mm. and more 
reward you if you say if you say you can do what we need you to do. We'll, you'll get all the rewards tenfold, what, whatever oh. your base salary might be. So back yourself. And if you're hesitant, uh, maybe you're not the right person. And also, there's other benefits that you can roll into that, like obviously training and stuff, Friday night drinks, quarterly stuff, whatever. Mm. You know, as a team, I kind of go, "This is our goal, right?" Yeah. Like, I don't care if because I still recruit um, for specific clients. I don't like I don't look at the work I've done. I look at what the team's contributed to my my thing. But um, yeah, if you're going to be a salesperson, you need to back yourself. Like we had a lot of transactional recruiters um, in years ago, and the damage after they left all the dodgy stuff they did mm. and, and people who have worked with recruiters will know what we're we're talking about. It's not worth it. No, it's not. It's not. Um, and I just uh, – we've mentioned Pete's name a couple of times. I'll just give a shout-out to Pete. Pete's your husband. Yeah. Um, also I'm his boss, though. Yeah, you are. Also <laughs> in the business. And it's, yeah. And good, stunning man. Stunning, tall, strapping. If uh, I'm not a gay man, but if I was to be – Bromance. Persuaded to that side of the fence, I'd, I'd want a life with him. I think. Mm. So shout out to Pete. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, if I can, we've been on about an hour now. Mm. So um, I think we've covered a fair, a fair few things. But uh, I, I guess one thing I wanted to to get from you as well is is um, just your general sense of an outlook right now as a business owner. A successful business owner who's been in business for, you know, many years. Mm. Um, speak to many different industries. You mentor. You you speak. You got government contacts, private sector contacts. You, mm. You've got a lot of a lot of valuable networks, and you, you hear a lot of valuable opinions. Any any thoughts on an outlook? Or do you even think about that? Um, not really. We were talking about this before the um, looming recession. And you know how Seek kind of uses job ads to see what's kind of happening. That that's not a thing. Uh, you're better off asking a recruiter what's happening in the market. Um, I would just say, you know, if you're hiring, um, you know, understand retention starts even prior to when the person starts. Your onboarding process needs to be succinct. Get a really good HR person, Tim only, if you need support with that. Um, and then don't be afraid to set expectations and and also. Be vulnerable, I guess, vulnerable in terms of the journey too of what you're kind of going through. Um, not not too much. I, I think I think of that word differently to perhaps how it's received. Um, but just be honest, you know, like around what your expectations are and where this role sits in the team and, and that kind of stuff. Check in with your team. Like there was someone I was working with that she's like, this person isn't working out. And I'm like, well, what one-on-ones are you doing? Oh, we just do a team catch-up every Friday. Like mm. you need to spend time with your team, you know, regularly. And I think... Um, candidates you need to really think about what you can bring because don't be fooled it's not a candidate hot market we've got the, mm. the gates are open people are coming from overseas and they're willing to accept less and do more work so provide value of what you think that you can bring to contribute to the business um but recruitment like it's it, you need it yeah. you need it for so many things you mm. know i keep getting asked about this ai stuff some of the best fitters that we've hired couldn't read, you know, mm. they were dyslexic, but they could crawl over a machine. So I don't know, AI is good for some parts of the process, but you're also you're also being biased in your hiring. Mm -hmm. And how if you were applying for a job and 90% of the process was AI, would you feel connected to that no. brand? And that's right. That, that that's a big that's a big thing there too. And mm. I, I, I was talking to another quite successful business person mm. a couple a few weeks back and they, they touched on AI. And he, he said he's just not buying into it. No. 
How many people are? Yeah, it, I, I see the power of it, but it's 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 as if I've got an assistant sitting next to me that I can I can refer things to and get um, mm. get advice on. Um, in very small doses, mm. it's not anything that's. Um, I'm not. I'm, I'm not taken away by it all just yet myself either. But who knows? Yeah, and and I guess I would say like, and you know, I'm like Tim. Like, if you you know, if people need help with recruitment or just want to kind of soundboard, more than happy for you to reach out, or even from a HR perspective to Tim. But if what is it? You know, fire fast, hire slow, but do it well. As well. well, yeah. Everyone can be managed differently, though. Everyone learns differently too. So just because they're not like you doesn't mean you should fire them straight away. But make sure your process is set up. But recruitment's here. Everyone's busy. Um, I think the problem is recruiters are leaving the industry because they're just done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As well, clients are difficult. Candidates are difficult. They're jumping around. You know, getting counter offers and clients can't make up their mind. Mm. And, and it'll struggle. So find mm. find a good one. Recruit Corp is a good one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Look, I think that there's there's still a, a million things in my mind that that I'd I'd love to get your thoughts on. So I think we might go through a part two of this We're one. We're going to be a monthly talk with Tim a, and Tan. A power a power couple. Yes. Sorry, sorry, Pete. Yeah, no, it's fine. A power thruple. <laughs> we'll make it a power thruple, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, that's fine. That, I think it's good too. Like it's because it changes, right? Yeah. The evolution of HR and recruitment. Oh, it's ever changing, especially this year. Um, mm. Yeah, there's, there's, there's too much to stay on top of. So mm. you need 10 conversations to get through it. Mm. Um, t- so the, the, the website for Recruit Corp? Mm, just recruitcorp.com.au, um, but easier probably to link through. On LinkedIn um, as well because everything's kind of in there. Yeah, we'll, we'll put some um, a, a whole list of links in the show notes for this one. Um, but I recommend it. it yeah, connect with Tanya um, if you want a good recruiter um, who's no bullshit, and I, I really mean that. Um, you know, you, you get a lot of fluffy people out there in, in the world mm-hmm. of HR and recruitment, but Tanya's a no bullshit recruiter, and she'll tell you exactly how it is and 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 work hard for uh, for your money. Mm-hmm. So um, reach out. Connect with her, have a chat with the team, and good luck. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. All right. Until next time, keep a tight workplace and uh, we'll talk soon. You don't like my music? <laughs> it's very boogie nights. I know. Gets me in the mood. <laughs>